0: On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the age-old topic of a scope of work. What goes into a scope of work? Why are they so challenging to define? And what happens if you don't have a good one? All that and more on A State of Control.
1: The network for the AV industry.
0: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
2: This. This is is AV Nation. Nation.
0: This is AV Nation.
3: State of, control. State of
0: Control, Episode 87, Hey Sucker. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sennheiser. For over 75 years, Sennheiser has been a leader in pro audio and is now offering a wide variety of touchless and traditional audio solutions for both corporate and educational campus-wide audio. Welcome to a state of control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is probably as old as the industry itself, um, and it, it isn't just limited to the pertinent being pertinent in this industry. It, it applies to any type of, of custom work that is done, and that's the idea of the value and the importance of a scope of work and uh, we last covered this topic way back in episode four which was in 2013 so hopefully you've been listening to us since then and we can now refresh it and uh, thank you if you have been listening that long. Uh, so with me to discuss this are a couple of experts that I think will have a lot to share. And before we get to them, I'd like to say hi to Uncle Richie, Rich Forgoza. How are you today, Rich?
1: I'm doing good, brother. Mellow West Coast greetings, boy. Pulling the Wayback Machine 2013. Was I, did I have here then yet? I don't remember. So. Uh, you
0: and I have been doing this for a while, <laughs> partner. So uh, uh, with uh, us, our two returning guests, and you'll... Know them both from a state of control, as well as other podcasts on the network. And first uh, and foremost, I'd like to say hi to Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus. Welcome back, Bernard.
2: Hey, Steve. Great, great to be here, and thanks for having me. In you 2013, you're making me feel old. Stop it.
0: Yeah, we. You were around, and hopefully, <laughs> we had you on the show probably <laughs> way back then too and uh, last but not least uh he's the host of resi week and if you don't uh, know resi week you should And uh, that's another av nation podcast covering the residential uh side of the industry he's matt scott from omega audio video hey matt how are you
3: i'm great steve thanks uh thanks for having me hey uncle richie good to see you bernard
0: well the gang's all here so um uh, as I mentioned in the top this is a, this is a topic that I think comes up in so many conversations so many projects and and it, it never gets old and and I I'm sure everybody listening can can easily relate to this and it and, and when we talk about scope of work it always has uh, a lot of connotations and a lot of interpretations and and um, the the challenges that are involved in, in both defining it as well as managing it um, Rich, when we talk about the scope of work, and, and I'm sure that you have tons of, of stories you can share, um, why is it still a struggle? Why, why are we still um, in a situation where the, this is uh, a sensitive topic?
1: Because as much and as hard as we work at what we do and try to educate um, our uh, other friends on projects, Um, typically the end user, the person who ultimately the scope of work gets into, is still getting up to speed. And with uh, the technology itself, because it is constantly changing and there are constant challenges that we have to meet, um, it's easy for us to forget, because we do this day in and day out, that the people that we're serving don't. And so we always have a uphill climb with the Hollywood ideal of how technology is supposed to work. Right. And, and the concepts and, you know, the high level concepts of, and rightfully so, of how people think that normal people would use a system and how a system should work for normal people. And we are constantly having to explain that this is a great theory, but the expectation and the budget and the timelines all have to come together. And so I've, I I keep referring to there's the there, we you know we call it the the decision triangle. There's three points to it, right? It's 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 uh, uh, fast, cheap, easy. <laughs> you know, or 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 cheap, reliable, easy. You know, you know any of those in the tree, and you get to pick two out of three. And we spend our entire time trying to figure out which one of those three are they willing to throw out. And typically they don't want to throw any of them out. So we're having to spend all of our time saying, this is where the, the decisions come into play. And, and that's always it. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be dealing with budgets, timelines and expectations and a scope of work is trying to de-technify what we do and hope somebody reads it. And the hard part is we can have them glance at it. There's no guarantee that they're actually going to spend the time to immerse themselves in it. But, you know, it's it's ours. And and, and at the same time, everybody's always calling our babies ugly. You know, and that's tough, too, you know, when we write these scope of works. But they have to be done. And, and that's the, the hard part is that this is just going to be a given in the industry whenever you take a technical layer experience and you have to break it down to layman's terms um unless there is a very valid economic reason for somebody to read what you wrote you're constantly going to be trying to find different ways to get to that audience
0: bernard uh, kind of uh taking what rich said a little bit further, what and knowing that this is always kind of a, a laborious task and, and not really everyone's favorite part of a project, what what are some ways that you have experienced that, that have worked in being able to define and, and convey that to a client, what it, whoever that client may be?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest things we have to consider when we talk about scopes of work, especially in the technology space, is that the terminology constantly changes because the product offerings constantly change and now we're you know working on a box that is so network dependent versus in the past maybe it wasn't as network dependent so i think one of the challenges with the scope of work is keeping a document up to date that can be still relative relevant that because it's going to change some of the nuts and bolts are going to change constantly and i think the problem is is trying to keep something like that up to date that matches the technology and the timing in which you have to also deliver it. It's a pretty hard proposition to do because it's always changing, because the technology is always changing, and because the technology changing, the dependencies of that technology and what needs to be included in the scope changes. So from that standpoint, you're almost, as you're programming a system, you're programming the scope. In some aspects, it may take just almost as much time to put together a very thorough scope as it would be to program the project, and then it's a … business proposition of I put four hours into doing the scope. It's going to take me two hours to do the project. Is that upside down? And then and, and then that, at that point there, it just kind of spirals out of control from there I think. So I mean I think the, the industry as a large has to take a look at the picture and say this is a problem because of the fact that we have to educate the clients. In order to educate the clients, there has to be a certain level of understanding from the ground up where that conversation starts.
0: I think you touch on a lot of things that I'm going to come back to, uh, uh, Matt, I'll start with one of them being the, you know, Ber- Bernard talks about the, the effort that you have to put in upfront versus doing the project. And especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to also be the person who's trying to, to get a client's buy-in, um, what what what's what does that balance look like or how or is there something that can be done to make make that more uh um effective for both parties
3: i i think that's really the the big challenge is is trying to find a balance between providing the clients with enough technical information that they understand what they're what they're purchasing what they're getting while also ensuring that it's simplistic enough that the majority of clients can understand again what you're selling and then the byproduct of that is you have to ensure that you can back up what you've sold because no matter what you tell a client whether it's uh you know an education client has a house or worship client a smb client or a large corporate client or even a residential client they're going to read what's in your scope, but they're going to interpret that in their own manner. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you write it, no matter how many lawyers look over it, they're going to take that information, hopefully digest it, uh, because we've all been in projects where no one read the scope at all, (laughs) but they're hopefully going to digest it, and then they're going to relate that to their knowledge base. And their understanding and their expectation. And you can say something as simple as, We're gonna put a touch panel on the wall that you can press and dim the lights. And they're gonna take that as there's a touch panel on the wall that's gonna dim the lights, start the movie, bring down the projector, turn on my computer, and bring me a Coke. Once you have you know that that confusion, then when it comes time to do that walkthrough, finish that project. Your client's understanding or interpretation of your scope can be dramatically different from yours. And I think that is, at, at least in our business, that's always the, the fine line that we're walking. We're trying to understand the best way to get our message across in the scope. Make sure it contains everything and that it's documented for any creep that happens. But also know that we've got to be able to back up why we did what we did and how we did it. And how that lines up with the scope, no matter how that client interpreted that scope, and that 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 always comes just back to to the communication of that scope and going through that scope multiple times with that with that end user or with that client, and you know you really really have to trust that everyone is on the same page, and that you've spent the time to 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 build that scope properly to hopefully achieve that, and then know you're going to fail.
0: <laughs> well, so, so on that note
3: I'm not cynical about um, it at all rich
0: <laughs> you know i I think we, we've all kind of alluded to the fact that this is um the, 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 there's an effort involved here and and um is it you know I, I I like to look at what what we've done in the past and and challenge what we do moving forward and say what if we're if we're running into a roadblock or or a or difficulty. What What are the alternatives? Can there be a scope development exercise? Is that can can that can that become consulting for some clients, where uh, the, the uh, you take the time to really identify and define what they want, so that then when the project is actually implemented, there should be a, a lot less unknowns or variables
1: that's what i've spent the past 30 years trying to do yeah there's a business in it absolutely you know there's there there's absolutely uh what do they say riches and niches and being able to do that you know what you know you should be doing that first of all i mean if that's not your if you've been in business long enough and if that's not an offering that you're making um you're losing out for a variety of reasons one for the income but also to make yourself better um so let's rewind real quick um because it's easy sometimes on our show when we get into the programming side of things to get into the nitty gritty of the programming. But there's some very specific realities about scope of work. Whether you're the owner of a company or whether you're a programmer working for a company, if a scope of work is not developed, maintained, and built upon, you're not getting paid, Sooner or later, there's not enough money coming in and you don't have a business or you don't have a job. That's just where this all starts. And it's not doom and gloom. It's just the reality. You got a job. And every project, right, that you, everybody in this industry, you get a deposit. Maybe some are better at getting progress payments based upon milestones. But I don't know of any company who at the end Doesn't have a completion number. Whereas I did what I said I was going to do. Pay me, sucker. And where your business survives and thrives is at that last part. Anybody can get a deposit. I've made a career cleaning up after companies who only got their deposit. And so what needs to come in is nobody likes doing a scope of work <laughs> it is it is tough right but it makes you better because if you can't explain what you do you've got a big problem right it's the education process right if you can't very simply explain you know it's the five second you know the 15 second elevator pitch right if you can't make that elevator pitch about what you do for a scope of work the problem is you. The problem is not the client, right? Oh, they didn't understand. Oh, scope creep. All these things that we talk about. No, you didn't have a process to keep it in. Um, As an example, we had a project right now that we were doing. I spent six months in the development phase. Phase one, I spent two months doing what we call a forensic review, where we went in and, you know, Pretty much most of the people watching the show are too young to remember, but we did the Quincy MD, right? We did the autopsy and we went in and looked and said, that's what got him, right? You know, there's all these mysteries about what got him. And we went and we broke it open and we looked at all of the guts and said, that's what happened here. Based upon that forensic review and where things went wrong, here's the path on how we believe your things are going to go right interviewed, and this was a Resi project, interviewed the clients, interviewed the team, spent time on the site, did all of the things that we were supposed to do, wrote this beautiful narrative, (laughs) right? Client didn't read it. But it doesn't matter if they read it or not. What it provides, and again, this is a business decision. What it provides is the ability for you to finish the job. Because at the very end, people have short memories and frustrations happen and timelines move and all of these things. So if your price goes up or down or stays the same, that scope of work, if nothing else, defines, I said what I would do, I did what I said, you need to pay me, period. Everything else are the details that fill that. But that is what a scope of work is about. Whether you're an integrator, whether you're a programmer, whether you're selling uh, ICs, you know, again, I said what I did. I did what I said. Pay me. Period. Without that document, it ain't happening. And it is, it doesn't matter that it's a technology industry. You need to have it. Because again, if you don't, one job, oh, you kind of shrug your shoulders. Oh, we didn't get the last part of it. Two jobs, oh, six, seven jobs, and you're not getting that last amount, that's the salary for a programmer. And all of a sudden you get to walk up to the programmer and say, we didn't make enough money on these jobs. We can't keep you. Maybe we'll call you back on a project basis. It's not good for anybody. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's not even a fear tactic. It's just, as I constantly said, right? be brutal with your weaknesses do the things that what is it uh, somebody said the other day was that um, do the things you hate by acting like you love it and that is a hard thing to do but do the things you hate nobody likes doing these scope of works but do it with a deep love and just attack it because you do guess what You get the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip come Christmas, because you got paid on all your projects. You got every single dollar out of that project. And that's what we constantly have to remind ourselves, which is like, hey, you want to get paid? You want a Christmas bonus? You want all these things that you're talking about? If you're an employee or a project manager, or you're the business owner, this is where it happens. In that scope of work, how well or how poorly you maintain it. And like you said, Steve, and grow and build a foundation from it and expand on it. You know, again, I'm coming in on 30 years. I'm still trying to find better ways to do it based upon the ways I did it horribly. And and we can't be afraid of it. You, you can't. We, we we tap dance around it. You know, it's like this age show, Oh, we can't talk about the things that we're doing wrong. No, be brutal about it. And if you do, you get the good stuff at the end.
3: Your scope can be your roadmap, right? And if you've got if you've got your scope written appropriately and amended properly, then everything you you should be able to literally take your scope and throw it onto a Gantt chart. It's going to tell you everything you have to do and everything that got added to that job. To to Richie's point, if it's there and it's documented, it doesn't matter if they don't read it as long as they signed it. Because then you can come back and go, boom, here's what we did. This is everything. It's People either, at least in my experience, people either overwrite them or they underwrite them. It's really hard to find that middle ground. But it it literally should read. And again, you want to make it look pretty, but it, it should read like a job flow. It should show everything you're going to do. And then that way, you know, if you've stepped outside the lines, you know, if there's stuff that got overlooked, you know, if there's stuff that's been additional additionally added. And then you can go in and just go check, 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 check. Yeah, here we go. And I think the one
2: thing we also need to do now that we didn't have to do 10 years ago, is I call it project alignment, right? Because there's so many different industries and trades that we are dependent upon. Everyone is on a project these days. I think that needs to be a key component in the scope because you'll get to a place that you just can't move forward because of this, and your scope needs to define. If I get to that point, we could go on pause, but then I have to do a partial bill or something. It has to explain we get to a point that we just can't simply move forward. How do we handle that situation? And I think that's one of the, the details that has to be in the scope. Because if you you don't have a room, you can't hang a a projector. If you can't hang the projector because you don't have the room, I can't program it. So those type of things have to be somewhat accounted for in the scope so everybody gets to when that thing gets delayed because today it will get delayed, what does that mean, and what is the mobilization to get back going again? And I think those are things that we need to make sure we include because of the fact now that projects are so uh, segmented and spread out
3: there there has to be a and and I use this phrase a lot but you have to think like a lawyer you really do if you're if you are a, a decision maker or a business owner you've got to think like a lawyer you have to write everything as if it's the legal document that it is to to Bernard's point if you're not putting those stipulations in you're going to get burned on them because not every client is going to do the yeah, you're right. When you sit down and have that conversation of the electricians aren't done. So we can't finish. If you have that on paper signed off on ahead of time, because it's easy, you know, we can't finish the room if the construction is not to this point, that's a really simple part to throw in there. But when you don't think I, I get harassed a lot, especially in the resi world for it, because I'm a little litigious, um, i come from a family full of lawyers if you didn't know but i'm a little litigious and i think like a lawyer i think like everyone is out to get me so i continually put everything in there on the hopes that i don't ever have to use it but when you get that 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 client where you know you did everything you were supposed to do and they're balking on something when you have that paper that says, "Boom." and then they balk a little bit more and then your lawyer calls and says hey we got documentation that says boom and you signed it
0: and, and i think what you guys are touching on too is it, it's important to clarify when, when we talk about the scope we're, we're talking about almost two parts or or and i'm sure that there's even more than two one is the what you want what what is it that you're going to to deliver in terms of the, this is what uh the product you're going to get or this is the functionality this is the the, uh, the what what the end result looks like, but then also how how do we do it, and what and what are what are the, the rules of that relationship, um, and and Matt, I think it's important, and actually Bernard as well, like, like the to to have to be able to have a conversation with a client about that because nobody wants to be that police officer or have to go and in, get into a, a legal conversation. We 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 all are trying to make this a a win win. Um, it's just a matter of, as you mentioned, protecting yourself and, and also having some foundation for what, what it is that, that you put a number on and you're committing to.
2: Mm-hmm. So one thing I think also has to be said, too, when we're dealing with scopes, it's there's there's almost two sections, right? And I think the one section is the ability to share what is being done as a narrative as bullets. And therefore, I think so many times, you know, when we produce a scope and especially Mm. from you know you know as programmers we tend to get into the nuts and bolts because the nuts and bolts make a difference so so widely in our in our industry but uh, being able to just basically have a brief outline almost like a a a summary of what's going to be done and then dig into the details because sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees and i think us as an industry are always so worried about the Oh yeah, this new piece can't do this, but this can do this. It, it all that information just goes over the end user's head to a point that can we simplify it to a point that let's do like a very basic outline, you know, and very bulleted point, and then have everything else behind it to back it up, so that way we can ensure that everybody actually understands what they're looking at. Because I think a lot of times when you sit at the table and what went wrong or what's going wrong it's a lack of understanding. Oh you need this before you can do this? How many times does that happen? It's the communication aspect and making sure everybody actually understands what they're reading because sometimes I read documents. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. I got to call the electrician. I don't know what this is, right? And I think that happens a lot because all of us are dealing with such uh, technical things that are moving very fast, and construction processes these days are just speeding up so much more that it takes the time to slow down and make sure we all are looking at the same thing and know what we're talking about
1: i want to jump into like i said i we, we kind of went into the very the you know do this or you know you go under and your your business is gonna you know you're gonna be out on the street with a tin cup you know banging it with a cane yeah i mean that's you know again there is the business side of things um but this is a programming show right this is about control systems programming. Um, the first question sometimes when you're starting out and I have to remind myself if somebody says, OK, that's really great what you're telling us. But how do I do it? Right. You know, how do I do it? It's like, you know, I I liken it to, you know, kind of like the martial arts is I can go ahead and work something through. And it's easy for me because I've been doing it for years and years and years. But I forgot that that person doesn't even know how to throw a punch yet or how to kick yet. So I'm like way over here saying this is what you should do. You should know this. But i forget that sometimes somebody's just saying how do i start right where do you start with it um it's a couple of ways that we've found that have been successful for us um, in generating the scope of work from a control systems programming standpoint we keep live demos on our systems here and there's a reason i have a resi version i have a Commercial version for an executive boardroom, and then I have kind of like a huddle space, small presentation area version, and then I have a um, a room combining version. Okay, and when I'm working with whoever it is who's going to be the decision maker along the line and defining the scope of work, we sit down and we go here. I'm going to show you my iPad. This is how some of these things work, and you get that visual connection, right? Ultimately, no matter what we do. With the nuts and the bolts and the scope of work, and like matt was talking about with with the litigious undercurrent of the d- document you still have to show somebody hey when you walk <laughs> into the room this is an ipad but imagine just something on the wall that you touch same concept okay just don't worry about the fact that it plugs in or wireless or wired or anything but then when you walk in here are some ways that it can be done you know we take either a action centric approach. What do you want to do? This, this, this. We take an environment centric view. Do you want the lights on for it? Do you, you know, you, and, and you create the first step, which is, do they even know how these things work? And if they don't know how they work, let's show them simply how other systems have worked now once we've established okay and they go oh i want something like that or oh no that wouldn't work for us you know and that's when you ask the questions right is there going to be a primary user is there going to be a technical operator is there going to be is this the executive boardroom that ceo comes in once a quarter quarterly earnings call and they control the room right because you have some c-level executives where it's just like this is their fiefdom and they got to be able to control the death star right but that's where your scope of work is generated from, right? Oh, yeah, we like that. We don't like that. Oh, can you make the color change? Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Those are all details. But does this make sense to you? Yeah, totally makes sense. If, you know, your CEO came in, you know, you know them well enough. You know, I'm not going to meet them. Do you think this would be something that, they, you know, would make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. Because you start tucking those things away, right, of the things you're going to check. Because this also helps you be a hero for whoever are the decision makers at this point. But now your scope of work internally on the team, you then create that framework, right? Touch panel page. You know, again, Bernard's real good about this. I know, Steve, you're real good about it too, is that we lay it out. We don't get down to the Pantone colors of the icon, but we know that that's in the notes somewhere for some client that we have to have an exact Pantone color. Okay, well, you know, that's a big detail, but just the framework where a checkbox occurs, a checkbox occurs. So how do you build a scope work? First off, if you haven't done one or you're trying to do it better, create framework pages, right? Block pages of it. I don't care if it's a screenshot. I don't care if you're drawing it by hand, but you know, on, off. These are the things that you can expect because once you establish that framework, those are the instructions for your code, okay? If your UI is going to require certain things, Then you need to make sure that you've already thought about it first because then it's filling in the blanks. Also, it allows you, and Bernard was saying, which was the, you know, the the playing with the other guys, uh, guys and gals on the project. What if IT gets to get involved and we forgot about that? And say we've got a HIPAA requirement or we've got an FTC requirement or a banking requirement or we've got governmental requirements about how we can actually be here. That gets pointed out early on at that point right you're not sitting there on site and going oh my now what right that that's where you get the last of your project you know your last payment on the project that you were the hero because you thought all of those things through and as you mature in the industry you start to spot those things earlier earlier and earlier but in the beginning draw your touch panels you're going to find out very quickly where you painted yourself into a corner because once you draw that touch panel you should be able to look at the decisions that come off of that and once those decisions come off of that what are the pieces that you need and if you're saying uh you know we need a set top box we need a video conferencing unit we need a mic and we need a combining system okay who are the players in this electrician who's providing those things how is it coming in and all of a sudden it will build itself for you so you know kind of Learn how to throw the punch first. Throw your, you know, create your touch panels, create a framework. Not saying make it perfect. Don't make it the end product, but start there. Because once that checkbox goes in of I like it, I don't, I like it, I don't, I like it, I don't, everything else fills in. And then that comes into what Matt was talking about. All the things that you need to do to cover yourself. Okay, well, I need this. And Bernard was saying, okay, great. I need to talk to the IT manager. Because based on what you're saying, we're doing video over IP, we're doing audio over IP, we've got all of these microphones all over the place, and i got to do these three things. This won't work unless that person over there talks to me. And that says it in the scope of work. This won't work unless that person talks to me. And then you get to the end of the project, and they're like, well, why doesn't it work? This didn't work because the person wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> and there you go.
0: I don't even know how to follow that up, but that's great. <laughs> I um I you know I did want to touch on one thing before and, and thank you um, because everything there is just uh, such uh, a, a an important thing for everybody to to think about and remember. I, I just wanted to touch on one point in that our clients are changing these days, so we have a lot more educated clients, and and especially when we're serving technology managers, many of them are coming from the industry. How is it? How does that affect the 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 notion of a scope of work, or is does that making life easier or harder for us, uh, Bernard? I'll, I'll let you. T- it's take a blessing
2: that. and a curse, because someone one of my my business partners says assumptions is the mother of all evils. <laughs> You're assuming that the person who worked in the industry calls this the same thing you call it. So, again, that's kind of that gray area that needs to be somewhat defined. It's great that as the industry becomes more – as as the industry continues to expand and people understand what we do, that's great. But at the same time, that opens the room for interpretation a lot, and I think just making sure, like Rich just said, making sure that – you know, we are, can establish what the, what is on the, same. what is the same thing mean, right? What is, are we talking the same language? or we're saying standard functionality. Here's my, one of my favorite terms. You'll get standard functionality. Well, my standard functionality is this, your standard functionality is that. We have to take the time to define standard functionality. And a great thing is like Rich said, if you have a sample or have a, demo and say, this is standard functionality, then then take that document and say, as reference to this, as standard functionality. That helps cut that a lot easier than you had to put it in text because that's very difficult to put in text. Picture's worth a thousand words, and that right there defines standard functionality, which is where we get tripped up as an industry all the time. So having something to refer to that is functional then say, hey, reference that into scope have it as an appendix and bring that in that helps keep this thing a readable document so multiple people can understand it so we just the lawyers don't so the lawyers don't under are the only people to understand it everyone can understand it and I think that's where as the industry progresses we need to work and be champions of making sure when we develop scopes they're readable by all parties and all parties can understand them
3: yeah because keep in mind that just because you get a technology manager or an it director who understands what we're talking about doesn't mean that their boss does as well and doesn't mean that they know how to communicate what you know we can communicate to them and they can communicate back And, and that might not be a problem but they may not be able to do that going up their chain so if you don't write that scope properly so that as bernard said Everyone at every level can, who, who needs to be involved or who may get involved, can understand that you can you can still paint yourself into a corner because you may have a an IT manager um, who didn't who thought he had or or that they had the the authority to sign off on that and they did until something didn't work to what the C suite personnel were expecting. And then it, it just, it rolls downhill real, real fast. So you, you can't just assume, we see this in House of Worship all the time. Um, you can't assume that your technical contact, who, who may be the, the person you're talking to almost exclusively, that they are able to also communicate that to, to their bosses. And if you can make that, that transition very simple for them, you're, you're saving yourself potential took- for, for problems in the future.
2: And i think it's a tremendous upside too if you're able to do that i mean i mean just think about it if, if you're able to communicate that that one document can go through multiple places how many times did you get this document from this these drawings from this person this information from this person and this information from another person and then us as in the technology field that we're in we have to glue that all together it'd be great if someone could provide one document for us all the work off and that's how we look like the hero from the technical side and from the administrative side in these projects if we can have a document that bridges that gap on both sides of the fence.
0: I think it's a great place for us to stop and Mm -hmm. it's nice to end this on a positive note (laughs) and with that I'd like to thank my guests uh, for being here today and first I'll start with uh, Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus how can people find out uh, more about you get in touch and learn more about ICS
2: Plus. Uh, the website's a great place to start at ICSPlusOnline.com, and the plus has to be spelled out. Okay. You can't use a plus in URLs still. <laughs> Rich, go fix that.
0: <laughs> and uh, next, uh, Matt Scott from Omega <laughs> Audio Video and also the host of Resi Week. Thanks for being with us. It's been way too long. I uh, hope that you, we'll see you back here soon
3: yeah, I'd love to come back anytime. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott com or obviously on tv. And last but not least, Rich,
0: any uh, closing words, I think this was a powerful uh, episode and probably one where we could go back and look at the archives and say we, we had a lot of uh, learning moments.
1: Yeah, you know, again, I think it's it's um you can always be better at what you do. And sometimes the way you get better at what you do is going back to the beginning. And my advice, if you are in the control systems programming industry, if you don't have demos that you can show live of what you do, why don't you? And because if you're doing this as you're living, you should be able to show people what you do at a moment's notice. And... If that's something as a business you don't have as part of your tool, don't matter how pretty your binders are, don't matter how detailed your scope of works are, if you can't show what you do, um, that's a big part of getting you to the next level of where you want to be. Because uh, again, it's like anything else, right? It, it's, it's We do something really, really specific, and we do something really, really cool. And sometimes you just got to be able to go, hey, you want to see something cool? And, and have it, because you, you you have these things in your hand. So, you know, the old days used to be, oh, it's too expensive, do you think? You know, you, you, we have the technology in our hands. Um, because by then, taking it back to the beginning and being able to show what you do, it takes you to that next level of, of what you can achieve. And and that's kind of the springboard I see for all of that. and And so, and it's good stuff. You know, I mean, this is what we do here is because we're trying desperately to whoever's listening to get them to that next level right and 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 it's it's as much as i love to hear myself talk and matt knows if i get a chance to hear hear myself talk i'm going nuts but um you know this is you know you want that you want the gi joe with the kung fu grip well listen to what we just said you know and make it happen um but if you do want to listen to me, or f- hear more about what I say on the interwebs, uh, you can find us on our website, Fragosa Design. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Um, Obviously, I hope the best place you can find me would be here at Aviation TV in our suite of shows with... Two of my best friends right here, obviously, State of Control with my buddy Steve and Matt, who has AB Week and occasionally has me show up. But we also have our sweetest shows on all the other verticals. That would be the best place. If you can support us, support our sponsors, that would make Uncle Richie the happiest.
0: And we shouldn't leave out Tim. So if we're going to have a group hug, we should have him involved, too. Amen. <laughs> oh, you,
3: you can leave Tim out. It's fine
0: as rich said uh you know, ch- check out all of the shows on uh av nation at av nation.tv uh you'll you will find a lot of great content there and uh it, it's uh, a great opportunity to not only n- know and keep up with what's going on in the industry but also get to meet some great people and and hear what others are saying and and learn quite a bit um with that um you know, please also leave us any comments, reviews, ratings. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what is uh, what, what we can do to continue to make this show relevant and hit the mark and keep our, our listeners listening. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on most social platforms or my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And with that, thanks for joining us. This is Business Day of Control.